This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, we are delighted to be joined by the Chief Operating Officer of World Insurance Associates, Mr. Frank Costa. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me on, Nick. It's a pleasure, Frank, and we're really looking forward to hearing your insights and finding out more about your career and what advice you have for aspiring insurance business leaders out there. Before we start off, Frank, could I ask you just to share with our listeners a little bit more of an insight into your career? Sure. Happy to do it, Nick. Thanks. So I'm celebrating, and and celebration is really the key operative word, but I'm celebrating my 34th year in the risk management and insurance industry. Uh, I began my career uh, with my own insurance agency that I founded from the basement of my home in, uh, in northern New Jersey right. back in the day when you could actually do that with no carriers and uh, with just a lot of uh, energy and motivation. Uh, I had my agency for about 12 years, and then I sold my agency to a regional company in uh, Rockland County, New York. I became a sales manager and a producer for that firm for about eight years. I then moved one more time to uh, an international brokerage called Franklin Company. I was in our Jersey City office, and I managed small commercial and middle market operations, uh, a really rewarding time in my career where I learned a lot about uh, a lot of different facets of insurance and a lot of more intricate types of coverages. And then back in March of 2017, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to move to World Insurance Associates, where uh, I am today as the chief operating officer. And our firm has grown exponentially, primarily through acquisition, but also through organic growth. And my role here is to try to bring together and find some synergies between the operations, IT, HR, all of the infrastructure of the company, uh, and support integration of my new colleagues. Fantastic, Frank. It's great to hear from someone who's been there from the start at the startup company, out of your out of your garage there at, at your home, all the way up to to where you are now with World Insurance. And I think our listeners will be really interested to hear how you found that transition from from smaller business up into a, a larger brokerage that you're the chief operating officer at now. Sure. So the transition has been uh, a learning process throughout. And 
uh, and I've been able to evolve my style as an educational or consultative type of style uh, because it's been firsthand for me. You know, being an agency owner and not really knowing much about management or employee relations or client relations is is truly in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I'm proud to say that uh, although I made quite a few mistakes and had quite a few disappointments along the way, uh, they were learning experiences and uh, I treasure them. Uh, had a couple of wins along the way too. So those were good. Uh, But I I feel very comfortable in my current role because I have been an agency owner. So for our acquisitions, I I understand their mindset and their apprehensions. I've been a producer and I still produce business, by the way. I I still engage with new clients. So I I feel very comfortable being able to speak to our producers, speak to my colleagues and not just pontificate, but, but to say, I've walked in your shoes and I've had that experience and uh, and I think it gives me, you know, some some relevance, and I think it it helps me be a contributor to the firm. Yeah, I think it certainly does. To be able to say to those potential sellers of their business that you've sat in their position, you know exactly what they're going through. I'm sure that adds an awful lot of value to the work that you do there. In terms of the business at the moment, wh- where's the business now, Frank? And what are your goals for the business over the next few years? Businesses, uh, it's it's hard to keep track because we are growing so quickly, but I'll give you some uh, perspective and some parameters. Uh, our firm is an independent uh, agency, independent brokerage. We're licensed in all 50 states. We have 62 offices in 15 states, predominantly in the Northeast and uh, higher presence in the South and Florida these days. We have about 520 employees which will increase to roughly 720 employees by the end of this year because of the remaining acquisitions we have forthcoming. Our our run rate uh, currently is at about $150 million. And if you look at the goal there from a run rate perspective, uh, we expect to be at about $400 million by the end of 2022. We are blessed to have a, uh, a really strong ally in Charles Bank, which is our private equity. Yep. We uh, engaged with them after a, a courtship with several uh, private equities, which was an interesting process. Uh, but we engaged with them in April of this year, uh, and uh, and it's been an exceptional uh you know, uh, bolster to our growth. And uh, they bring a lot of talent and a lot of resources uh, to help us accelerate our growth. So there's really no end game. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing uh, because we think we're getting better at it each time uh, and continue to grow and thrive. Thank you very much, Frank. I think it'd be really interesting um, to hear your perspective as we go through our questions, both from listeners who will be going through that acquisition at the moment of their own business and also those business leaders who are acquiring businesses and and sort of looking for those opportunities out there. Frank, I understand that in the month of November, you've got 11 acquisitions on the go. I've got to ask, what's your coffee of choice in the morning? As I imagine you're, you're working pretty long hours at the moment. Well, I have to tell you, because uh, because evolution is important, uh, my coffee of choice was a uh, skim vanilla latte, but I think I'm going to have to move to my second choice, which is a double espresso as we continue on through this process. That uh, sounds like a very, very wise, very wise decision, Frank. <laughs> Fantastic. Frank, how did you break into the C-suite and how did you find that transition from your previous role be more client focused than perhaps your position is now? Sure. 
Uh, I mean, uh, the the break into the C-suite, I think, was a, a process that began early in my career. Even though I didn't consider it the C-suite in my small little uh, insurance agency, uh, I was the president of the company. So uh, even back then, you know, 30-odd years ago, I, I considered myself a, uh, a C-suite person in the, in, the, in the aspect of being managerial, being exemplary, exemplary as a leader, leading by example, uh, and, and being cognizant of all of the facets of my business, not just client-centric, but employee-centric, finance-centric, uh, to, to really build you know, what I thought would be a, a, a solid foundation for my business. So I've, I've always had that feeling, Nick, along the way. Uh, and I think it's just grown. I think it's just been a, a, an evolutionary process where it's, it's gotten to be more uh, folks that I, uh, I have an opportunity to collaborate with uh, and a wider range of uh, issues and uh, tasks. So today, you know, it's it's really being uh, a good time manager or being a good, uh, you know, good in terms of organization skills, setting priorities, being as communicative and as transparent and as nimble as possible. So that's, you know, and it comes with a lot of practice and uh, still learning, still yeah. trying yeah. to get better as each day goes by, but uh, but definitely have gotten a lot further along. And, and I think the C-suite was a natural process for me. Uh, along the way. I'm sure that uh, dive into the deep end you took setting up your own agency probably provided a lot of experience and a lot of you know trial and error for, for where you are today and you can look back and you've learned probably an awful lot more than if you started out on a, on a corporate route building your way up to the top. No question. Frank what would you say your biggest achievement to date has been in your leadership career? You know, I, I, I'd love to look at a lot of different pieces of that question, Nick, and talk about, you know, the largest client that I've been able to counsel and retain or the, you know, the, the, the best employee that I was able to mentor and has, you know, grown and, and, and graduated in their career. You know, I, I'd love to be able to point to little bits and pieces of that. But I, I would say, you know, achieving the position that I have now uh, is has been and continues to be the most rewarding thing in my career. You know, being a chief operating officer, I think, is a good fit for my personality. I think it's a good fit for my skill set and my background, uh, and I think it's where I can make the most contribution. So. Uh, I won't pick one particular crowning moment, but I'll say that every day I, I think I'm, uh, I'm I'm motivated to come to work and more motivated because I'm continually making a contribution. That's fantastic. That's fantastic and very inspiring for people to see. Sometimes it can be lonely at the at the top, so it's great to see that you're enjoying things just as much as ever. Frank, have you ever had a time in your career where you've perhaps been overlooked for a position or an opportunity and how have you gone around dealing with that? I, I have had that time in my career. And I think early on when uh, I thought that I really should be you know, on a very, very fast track, uh, this is pre-insurance, uh, and it wasn't as fast as I had expected, although I was 19 years old. Uh, I was a bit resentful, I think. Uh, but I again, I, I learned from that and just tried harder and, and tried to do better. The one position that I was overlooked for or, or was passed by for was the chief operating officer of Franklin Company. So I had aspired to that position uh, and I thought that that was a perfect fit for me as well. 
And uh, as with most things, you know, I think things do happen for a reason in business and in and in personal life. And uh, I did get passed by for that position, uh, and it inspired me even more uh, to continue to hone my skills and to, you know, find my way. And finding my way to world, uh, you know, I think in part was because of that uh, small uh, bump in the road. Let's call it. <laughs> And how much later was that opportunity at World Insurance Association? Yeah, that was about uh, eight months later. That was about eight months later. And uh, timing was ideal for me to make a move. I thought I was going to end my career at that last firm after uh, 10 solid years. And uh, I'm glad it did not work out that way. I do think I'm going to end my career, though, at World. Not anytime soon, Nick, but you know I, you know what I mean. Certainly do. I certainly do. Moving into the current state of the business at World and these present times, how are you adopting new technology or implementing digital changes to meet the needs of your clients? No, I think uh, generally, I would say stereotypically, the insurance business and the insurance agency business has been behind the curve in technology. Uh, I think we have a lot to learn uh, from InsureTech and from what we could perceive to be competition within our business. Um, World insurance, I think part of our success is we have completely embraced the technology. We want to be cutting edge with our agency management system, with our marketing, with our day-to-day operations. We want to exploit the technology and utilize it to make us as efficient and productive as possible. And I think that companies in general and insurance agencies in particular, I think that the uh, resistance is futile. I think if if there's a resistance against aligning with InsureTech and aligning with the technology and and having a mobile app that talks about insurance, um, I think uh, it leads to a a slow demise. So we are investing very heavily in technology. Uh, It's one of our attractions to our new acquisitions that we are state of the art uh, and that that facilitates integrations. And we're going to continue to do that. You know, uh, it's this is not a fad, Nick. I mean, the technology is here to stay. Artificial intelligence is here to stay. The data is is powerful. Um, and you know, shame on us as a business if we don't optimize it and uh, and we don't embrace it. Yeah, definitely. Is is that something you look for in your target acquisitions? The technology that they have in place. And also, can I just ask you, how straightforward or, or how much of a challenge is it then to then bring them into your own technological setup there at World Insurance? So many. So it's a great question. And it's usually the first topic uh, of conversation. Uh, I think many of our, my competition in much of my competition in the acquisition space has taken the, the approach of just leave it in place. You know, here's this little you know unit will operate it as a profit center and let them keep their own systems, keep their own techniques, keep their own workflows and procedures. And, and, and they've grown by that. And that model works fine for them. Our model is quite different. Our model is a, is complete integration. So every acquisition comes onto our database. Everyone comes onto our systems, uses our technology. Uh, we consolidate and centralize HR, claims, uh, accounting, uh, all of the painful parts of the acquisition's current life. And our, our offering is such that we say, we're going to take all of that pain that's that's really distracting you from building your business, and we'll take that on and we'll administer it for you. You go out and do what you do best, which is sell insurance and engage prospects and clients. The technology part tends to be amongst the most painful parts of that because change is not fun. 
Nobody likes Jane. And their system was so easy compared to our system, et cetera. But we have great trainers on staff. We have great uh, folks that that hold their hand through that process and uh, and they make it through. Uh, and, and once they get on the back end of the technology, uh, the commentary we consistently get is, wow, this is great. This is really making my life a lot easier. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's great to see that you hold their hand through that painful experience that it can be for any organization to change their, their IT and their, their digital systems. Frank, what do you see as the major challenges for insurance executives coming up in the future? And what should they be doing to adapt to be successful? So, I, I mean, I would say a couple of things are, are really key and, and, and areas that I continue to work on as well. I think if you want to be a leader in this industry, it's incumbent on you to really understand the dynamics of the organization. I am very much focused on organizational behavior. I, you know, I think that there is such high value, not only in client retention, but in employee retention and employee development, keeping people engaged, keeping them challenged, uh, collaboration as opposed to management and supervision. And I think to be successful in, frankly, in any business, but particularly in the insurance business, uh, I, you know, I think that that's an attribute that, you know, that leaders really need to, you know, promote and, and demonstrate consistently. I try to. I think the other part is, and we touched on it before, is, is staying ahead of the infrastructure, staying ahead of the technology. I think that's a given and a foundational move that's important. And then finally, I would say is, you know, our business is evolving. It's it's changing. What used to work 10 years ago is not going to work anymore. So, you know, how do you stay relevant? How do you stay relevant on current exposures? How do you, uh, you know, advance your offering to make it continually be value added to the client. We are in a very competitive business. Much of our business is product driven, the most beautiful policy, the best terms and conditions, the best price. Um, you know, I think that leaders in our business need to really differentiate themselves through what real value do they bring? What intelligence do they bring consultatively? And how do they partner with their customers for long-term growth and long-term stability? And I think if that's the message, you're not going to attract all the price buyers. You're not going to attract everybody, but you'll attract the clientele that appreciates that effort and that wants to stay with you as a long-term partner. Thank you, Frank. I think that's a brilliant answer and a, a great insight there as to how executives should be facing these next couple of years or so. Frank, we now turn to the espresso round. I know you're now a convert to the double espresso in the morning we're, we're through to the uh the espresso round which is short sharp and straight to the point so can i ask you frank are you ready for the espresso round i will do my best bring it on bring it on indeed the espresso round what are the characteristics about world insurance associates that make it such a great place to work at we are a like-minded client-centric collaborative transparent motivated uh, I would say those are a lot of the adjectives that define our company. We are focused on doing the best work possible uh, each day. And what opportunities can you provide to aspiring insurance business leaders there? Our opportunities, I think, are vast, uh, whether it's regionally, whether it's by uh, uh, by different types of disciplines, 
you know, we have a wide array of um, areas of specialty, whether it's medical malpractice or aviation, or, you know, certain types of, you know, high net worth personal lines insurance, there are a, a host of opportunities to engage folks in the insurance business generally and at world insurance specifically so that they can follow a passion. So they can really do a deep dive, learn about something, learn about that market and do excellent work in that marketplace. Thank you, Frank. I think as the world is becoming more and more specialized, that's one thing potential executives and potential producers are looking for is that market niche or that specialism where they can really become masters of that niche. So great to be able to offer that opportunity to them. Frank, what do you look for from your executives when you hire them? What what are the sort of the skills and the behaviors that essential for you and, and for world insurance? Sure. I, I would say the essential part there, and it's it's really become more discerning as time has progressed, is when you have a large organization of 500 plus, soon to be 700 plus people, there's frankly very little tolerance and time for politics and distractions and, you know, different types of, you know, noise that interfere with our ability to get work done. So, the transparency that I mentioned before is is essential. Uh, the you know the the trust is essential. Being able to trust one another uh, and, and that you know that their opinions count is essential. Um, I think all, all of those are the attributes, and I think what that does is it is it promotes uh, self confidence, it promotes self discipline, it promotes self motivation, and uh, and it's pretty easy to see in our company, despite five hundred plus people, it's pretty easy to see the folks that haven't yet caught on to that mindset. <laughs> they they kind of stand out uh, as the rather than the rule. Fantastic. What, what do you find is the, the biggest challenge when attracting new talent? And what are those sort of frustrations that you can have with the recruitment process? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say there's this, you know, the several challenges. I mean, uh, my experience with recruitment is that uh, you're getting to see the person at their very, very best uh, on that first interview or that first uh, engagement, uh, that it's typically downhill from there. So, uh, you know, that's that's part that's uh, that's always difficult and always an unknown. Uh, I do follow, you know, my gut at this point because I've had so many of those experiences in that first interaction. Uh, that's how I knew that, you know, you were a great person when we first met, for example. Um, but uh, I think that's the challenge. You know, you're, you're inheriting folks that have come from different and diverse backgrounds, some good habits, some not so good. Yeah, and I think that's that's just something that requires acknowledgement and acceptance uh, if you want to work together to to align and move forward together. And I think that that gut feeling is all, is is so important, and it's it's almost always right, isn't it? That gut feeling you have about someone at the end of the day, it's a people business, and how you interact with someone and how you meet someone on that first occasion is is incredibly important. Right. And it's and it's a, a tool to use across the board, not just with colleagues. It's a tool to use with clients, too. You know, when I had my own agency, I would chase anyone that needed insurance. Uh, you know, I've become quite discerning since. Uh, I think I think it's important to to work with and serve um, the, the, the clientele that's most suited to to us. Yeah, and I, I, I can tell that you live and breathe that from what you were saying earlier about not necessarily looking at clients who are judging a, a product on price but actually for the value that you can bring to their organization and and that's definitely a two-way process frank 
what would your advice be to any insurance executives out there in the United States considering their next opportunity at the moment? What, what would be your advice be to them? Uh, my my advice there would be to you know, continue to be a student of your your career, uh, continue to learn, uh, continue to strive towards designations and and towards uh, advanced knowledge. I do believe that knowledge is king, uh, and that that comes shining through in terms of capabilities. Uh, I would say always generally be over prepared, um, you know, and and rather than a beautiful, you know, well-typed resume, you know, really talk, uh, gets, let's get to the bottom line. Let's talk about benefits. Let's talk about results. Let's talk about the how, how did you get there? You know, that's what resonates with me. What resonates with me is, you know, is, is not just the, the, the budgets that are achieved and the goals that are achieved, but the how, how did you get there? Uh, and if you convince me on the how, um, I think, uh, I think that world insurance might be a good place for you to continue that good work. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Thank you. Um, we, we've almost reached the end of our time in the Insurance Coffee House USA today. But before we go, can I just ask if you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show? Certainly, Nick. So my, my last piece of advice is, is continue to be true to your career. Uh, I am, uh, I've always felt, and I feel more strongly now than ever, that uh, the risk management and insurance business is a, not only a worthy occupation, but an essential one. Uh, I tell my colleagues all the time, you know, be proud of being in this industry uh, because we are here to help people when they need us the absolute most. Uh, and uh, I live to that uh, to that mantra. Uh, that's what motivates me to continue to excel in my career. Uh, if you want to learn more about World Insurance Associates or pick my brain on anything, because I love to chat, as you've noticed, uh, you can always contact me at frankcosta at worldins.net. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners, Nick, and this has been a pleasure. Thank you, Frank. We really appreciate that. We'll, um, we'll be sure to add those contact details onto the show notes so our listeners can reach out. Frank, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you coming and uh, sharing your experience and all of what is going on at World Insurance Associates at the moment. It's, it sounds like an incredible place to be at this time. Very exciting opportunity. So thank you, Frank, for, for coming in. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really have. My pleasure. And thank you, Nick. You've been very courteous and very hospitable. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. And to all the insurance business leaders out there, you're in the United States or internationally, we thank you for listening. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable learnings from Frank today. If you do enjoy the show, please leave us a review on your podcast app. And remember to download and subscribe to the show so you receive each of our episodes into your podcast app each week. Until next time, I have been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.